0: Hello and welcome to episode 310 of Geek Time Radio. I am back this week with... How are you doing? I'm
1: good. It's been an eventful week, to say the least. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. Yes, sir, you've had quite an eventful week, actually, haven't you, say? <laughs>
1: yeah, I could say that. I'll get straight to that, which I'm going to also tie in with a TV show as well, because I finished a season finale and a series finale this week. So I'll go to the season finale first, which was Love, Victor, which had its 10th episode of season two this week. Again, really, really fantastic stuff with the show. Tying that into what happened to me this week, because. I came out on Thursday and yes, come out in the way that you would would think that come out would apply to that situation. Yes. Uh, came out as a uh, bisexual person, which I have talked about before on podcasts, but I actually did the uh, the big important part of all that, which was telling my parents on Thursday, which, no, was not easy in any way, shape or form. That would be a massive, massive understatement if I was to say that was easy because it took me a very, very long time to, uh, to do that. But uh, all of it worked out very, very well so far, which is the important part. Yeah. And of course, Love Victor was, the show that kind of helps me to do that because even though of course Victor in the show is gay and I'm obviously bisexual so there's a slight difference there still certain similarities in that but is a different sort of thing but obviously one of the differences between me and him is uh, sort of the, the cultural part of our sorts of families his is a bit more sort of religious in certain ways that changes a little bit in season two but I won't talk about that that's more sort of spoilery definitely some similarities sort of with the journey that I went on and that he went on in the way of like slowly sort of coming out and, and that kind of stuff so uh, yeah very much have felt connected to the character and again I, I can say how that went for me but I can't say how all that went for him because obviously that part of it is the TV show part yes. which involves spoilers but uh, all, all worked out pretty well with all of that but yeah the show was fantastic, I had a really good season 2 finale, it left a little bit of a cliffhanger which was a slightly frustrating one but one that I think makes a certain amount of sense, it left a sort of interesting question to be going into obviously the third season which it was renewed for as well but um yeah ghost to show you can very much do you know kind of i guess teenage drama you, c- you can do it very very well uh, i mean with that and with atypical obviously which also focuses on somewhat teenage drama as well just depends on the maturity and i suppose the writing of uh what you're doing with the characters otherwise you end up with something like Sabrina or Riverdale and that's not <laughs> what you want so no. uh, High School Musical is a bit of a sort of in between it's sort of like not as good as uh, Atypical or uh, Love Victor but it's much better than something like Riverdale or Sabrina or whatever that show was called so High School Musical is sort of like a middle tier of of that kind of stuff any like thoughts on the situation I know you don't watch the show or whatever but uh, obviously you gave me some comments on uh, Thursday and stuff
0: so. yeah congratulations on coming out and I am I mean your parents handled it what as well and I saw some comments from your mum basically saying we love you whatever you know that was lovely to see because I know a lot of people that are are struggling to come out in situations don't necessarily get parental support the way that you did uh, you know that's a tragedy and should never happen in this day and age but uh, Mm -hmm. it's great that there are shows like Love Victor out there that help people with things like this so I'm very happy that it's all worked out well and there are shows like this that help teens particularly that are dealing with this sort of stuff and, you know, what they should do and how they should handle it. So I haven't actually got around to watching Love Victor yet. I will do at some point, I'm sure, but I, it's just there's so much stuff around right now, I just have that yeah. time.
1: Love Victor does kind of show very much that, yeah, there can be struggles around that. And again, it depends on what family you're a part of and sort of what life yeah. you have and that sort of thing, which is one of the interesting differences between me and Victor that I found. Uh, still very much sort of relatable to the situation, but it was... I actually did like that the situation, you know, week to week that I was watching with Victor was slightly different to mine. So I could learn different sorts of aspects around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and understands just different little things around those situations. Yeah. So yeah. And then I, you know, like a phone call with my sister on, uh, Today, was it Saturday or something and uh that was really really good and stuff good. so so yeah the other thing I want to talk about as well because obviously I was on the show was it last week or was yes, Robert it, on last no, week
0: no Robert was a week before you were on last week uh right, yeah, yeah you've been on I two weeks in a row because I failed to organize anybody else and I knew you'd be around so <laughs> yeah
1: no all good all good so yeah brilliant really good second season with Love Victor probably one of the best shows on TV at the moment and, that, and that's not just because of my connection to the show yeah outside no. of that it's just really well, well written and everything else so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, watch the series finale of Atypical, which is another sort of teenage-ish drama sort of stuff, obviously dealing with a kid with, uh, or a teenager pretty much, he's not a kid with autism. So again, entirely different situation, but still very much sort of teenage drama stuff. Uh This season's kind of about trying to get Sam to move a bit more into adulthood mm. in, in a way. And sort of, I don't really think this is a spoiler too much, but he moves out this season. Yeah, And it's sort of about, can he live well on his own? Obviously he's got his friend, I think he's called Zahid who's like living with him and stuff. So he's not entirely on his own. Obviously, he's got kind of like his girlfriend and stuff as well. Yes. It ended really, really well. I kind of went into the final episode, which is about 38 minutes long. And I was like, okay, sat down for it. I had faith that the show would do something good because it's been good the whole way through anyway. So I sort of had a trust built with the show. But I thought like, how are you going to wrap up everything you've set up in 38 minutes? But they pretty much managed to do it. Obviously, with any story, by concluding a character story, they either have something set up for them to do or they die or whatever, you know, there is yeah. not really much else you can kind of do. It does basically set it up so that you know what each character is doing in their future and obviously right. focuses on like Sam and what he's kind of going kind to of be up to. But yeah, a couple of interesting little uh, twists and things here and there, which were which were quite good. Just a really, really good final season. And I can't talk about the final shot of the season, but there's probably quite a lot to read from that as well. But obviously I can't talk about the, the very, yeah. very end of the show either. So um, yeah, really, really good stuff and uh, I really like what they did with this fourth season. So uh, are you caught up with that
0: at all? I, I'm not, no. It's one that's been on my long list of things to go back to because I really enjoyed that show and I keep on forgetting it's there and I need to go back and finish that off. There are other things I've been watching and it's one of those Netflix shows that I forget is on my queue and till <laughs> I happen to go into Netflix and it's like, oh yeah, I'll go to watch something else. and like, oh yeah, that's still there. So I need mm. to go finish it. But yes, yeah. I, I do really enjoy that show. I I think they did a wonderful job it's very very funny and it's a really interesting look at, at autism and particularly where you're dealing with somebody who's very high functioning and how the family manages that as well is just really mm. well put together and really interesting yeah
1: i think the family balances are really good because you've got yeah. sort of casey who's like the supportive one but she like messes about with sam a bit in in sort of that playthrough yeah. sibling relationship and then you've got the mother who's very much a sort of strong sort of mother figure and mm. then you've got the dad who kind of tries to balance everybody out a bit and uh, it works pretty well very very good that's most of the stuff i've been up to so the actress that plays black canary in the birds of prey film which some people didn't like but i really really liked there was some rumblings and stuff going around that she was going to have a solo black canary hbo max film yes Uh, and then everyone was like oh it might be announced at fandom which I think is what October
0: yes and
1: then the actress the actress herself was like hey I guess that the cat's out the bag or whatever it was she said and she basically confirmed it and then I think the writer behind it also said like yeah looking forward to working with the actress as well so I'm really really happy about that I'm glad that at least some part I mean we've had Harley Quinn obviously continuing in uh, the Suicide Squad but I think the rest of those characters like uh, Huntress and Black Canary deserve to have some sort of like follow up because I wasn't expecting a Birds of Prey 2 or anything like that just because that film didn't really do that well at the box office and stuff but I'm glad at least some part of that is continuing and it's good that they chose uh, Black Canary for that. Uh, what, what do you think? Are you happy about that?
0: Yeah I mean I'm not necessarily the character I would have gone with to make a movie but you know fine I'm always happy to see more DC things this is a movie that they're doing but it's a movie for HBO Max so yeah. it's not designed yeah. for a cinema release so it'd be interesting to see how that works out internationally because obviously there's a lot of places that don't have HBO Max so whether that will mm-hmm. go out as a direct to video basically release as, as as old people say but, uh, so whether <laughs> it go <going for> direct <laughs> onto streaming maybe in international markets I don't know but we'll we'll have to wait and see Jenny Smollett is reprising her role and uh, Misha Green, who was the creator of Lovecraft Country, is writing it. And it's okay, being produced cool. by the same people. Sue Kroll is producing it, who's the producer of Birds of Prey as well. So um, It would be good if Cathy Yan could
1: maybe get involved. She's the director of Birds of Prey. Yeah. Um, and I've seen her comments about a few things and I quite like her ideas and things like that. So, but she, she's not been mentioned at all. So I don't know if that will happen. But it's just good that some piece of that film will will live on to do something else yeah. um i also do think it helped a lot that obviously on arrow for almost all of its seasons you had at different points obviously different black canaries but i think arrow helped popularize that character yeah. so Obviously you had laurel and you had dinah drake and obviously with white canary with with sarah lance yes um as well so i think that did really help out and for, for me personally as well being somebody who watched arrow for those seasons and then seeing like the canary cry on the big screen in that birds of prey film was uh was quite cool
0: yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that. So, um, anyway, that's what I've been up to. Just to end on that as well, they've okay. they've got a Batgirl movie in development as well for HBO yeah. Max, and there's talk of a Blue Beetle one coming for HBO Max. So it sounds like they're doing a sort of series of DC films, which. Mm. I mean, that sort of makes sense to me because they've done so well with the animated films. You kind of think maybe if they can recreate that sort of thing in live action, that would be quite a good way of handling it and just release them all on HBO Max instead, rather than doing full cinematic releases for Mm. some of those Maybe that's a, a way forward for them. I do think, yeah, that's a decent way to popularize
1: some of those because people like maybe Black Canary and Batgirl and like Blue Beetle. They are mm. somewhat smaller characters, and it would be good yeah. to maybe like because then you don't have like, oh, how's it doing at the box office kind of thing. Mm. Uh, then it's just a case of how many people watched it on HBO Max. Plus, then, you know, if those films do well, let's say like the Blue Beetle film does well, you can always include him later in a cinematic film. Yeah. Actually, if that works. So
0: that's a solid way of maybe moving forward forward when their live action stuff is to do feature films or series on hbo max and then if it works it works you can use them somewhere else if it doesn't no problem you know you're not going to look at oh my god that bombed at the box office so you know great yeah i yeah. think that's that's a good solid way of doing it for me sticking with superheroes this week uh, actually last night because we're recording this on the monday the spider-man no way home trailer leaked online. In fact, one of the VFX artists is going to be in real trouble because the leak actually had their name emblazoned across it. You know how they, they oh. watermark them. I mean, yeah, there was, yeah. it was really obvious where the leak came from, so uh, I suspect that person either is having a very bad Monday or has just been fired. We don't know whether they leaked it, we don't know whether somebody stole it off them, but uh, yeah, they won't be having a good day, whatever that, if that happens. I'm not going to go into anything about the content. You can read about it, I'm sure, a It does confirm a number of the things. It seemed to be focused more on the villains from No Way Home, and it does seem to confirm a lot of the other rumours that were flying around about, you know, who's likely to show up. The trailer itself was a mixture of some footage, but it hadn't got the VFX finished in it. And it's also very grainy. I mean, the version I saw, I don't know whether this is the original one, but the version I saw was somebody recording a cell phone with a cell phone. So one thing slightly annoyed me about that, was the fact that they were playing it on the cell phone and were holding it in portrait mode where it's clearly a landscape video? And you're oh, like, no. you're, you're recording this to like show other people, obviously, that's why you're doing it. Why aren't you holding it in landscape mode? <laughs> if you, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah, basics people that just made me laugh, but um, yeah, I mean, there isn't a whole lot to see in terms of it's not a great leak, it does confirm some things, but it's still got the animatics in there for the vfx so there's nothing particularly spectacular to look at other than confirming certain characters uh but i am not going to go into it because i don't want to spoil the content for people i i think it you know it's going to be better to wait until the genuine thing comes out i know you've avoided this haven't you but i mean you're just i I saw
1: like on twitter as people were talking about it i just didn't look at it
0: what is i think the slight issue is the fact that this movie is supposed to come out at the end of the year and there hasn't Made a trailer for it yet so you know um i mean that is
1: strange yeah
0: it is weird that they're this far along and hopefully we'll get a genuine trailer for that soon this may have kind of given sony a kick up the backside to actually release the proper trailer although you know if if that is the state of it right now then there's still quite a lot of CG work to do on it another bit of news that came out last night which you may have seen kicking around William Peterson from the CSI franchise plays Grisham fell ill on set because you might be aware that they're making CSI Vegas which is a sort of revamped version of the original CSI with a bunch of people from the original show they're planning it as a limited series it was basically supposed to celebrate the 20th anniversary of CSI and And then the pandemic hit, so it got pushed back. But CSI Vegas coming to CBS in the USA. They're planning it at the moment as a limited series. It may turn into a full-blown series because they are introducing some new characters that could then carry the thing on afterwards. But it's basically it's a case that brings a bunch of the old team back in. William Peterson was on set. He apparently fell ill. His agent has said that it was from exhaustion. Basically, you've got to bear in mind that he's been pretty much semi-retired for the last six years. I mean, if you check his IMDb, he hasn't really been working on anything because, you know, he's got mountains of cash from his days on the CSI, so he doesn't really need to. And he is 68 And they were doing like 12-hour shoot days. And some of those will be night shoots, I would think, as well. Right, right. So I think maybe he's just, I mean, he's a 68-year-old man and he's not used to doing this sort of thing again. I think maybe that's all it is. So when they say it's exhaustion, I would assume that they are telling the truth there. But I don't know for sure. Hopefully, he'll be back on fairly soon. And uh, they say they took him to hospital as an abundance of caution. It's not like a Bob Odenkirk issue where, you know, he had a heart attack and that was obviously more serious although Bob seems to be doing fine, thankfully. So hopefully he'll be back up and running fairly soon. That seems to be the latest update on that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever watch any of the CSIs? I don't know whether... No.
1: I think I thought about doing it after I finished 24 or something, but then I never actually followed up on that. Yeah. So... There is a um, lot to
0: get through. Are they? <laughs> I mean... I
1: could guess that, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so, I don't know how many seasons of the original CSI, plus all the spin-offs, and they were like full-blown 24-episode seasons pretty much most of those. It's sometimes with...
1: Because I noticed that um, obviously disney plus star is getting more back catalog stuff and sometimes i go on some of those seasons or whatever and it's like 10 seasons 24 24 episodes 24 episodes and i'm like no i just sort of like i just sort of back away from it yeah yeah yeah
0: so i get that in terms of other things i've been doing humankind i've started playing on pc that is a new game that was released either last week or this week but fairly recently it's a big strategy game very much in the vein of the civilization series where you start off in the neolithic period and go through the ages up until modern day building up an empire essentially it works slightly different to how civilization works in that in civilization you pick a historical leader who basically saves a life for the entire thing with this you do still have a leader but they're all fictitious characters the reason they're fictitious characters is you don't stick with one country because in civilization you would say play as queen elizabeth and she would be running england and england would be your empire with this it breaks that up so you start off as a sort of neolithic tribe and then you can select the type of civilization you want to be at each age. So you might start off as being Aztecs and then go to being British in the next age and then switch to being French in the third age. And the reason for that is each age gives you slightly different bonuses based on whether you're sort of a militaristic society, whether you're a sort of agricultural society or whether you're a business society, you know. So there are various different benefits and issues that you have to deal with depending on who you are actually pick as you go through a lot of the other mechanics are somewhat similar in that you know you have units you can fight the other civilizations that are out there you can set up random maps it's a sort of hexagon map structure that's sort of turn-based so the idea is that you're kind of trying to get more land and dominate things you get a score based on how famous your civilization becomes so you get bonuses for achieving certain things it's quite good I don't think it's as good as some of the Civilization games, but it's one of those ones that I'm kind of playing through, thinking I want to see Humankind 2. It's a great foundation I think they've set up, but I sort of want to see how it evolves in the next version of the game. Because, I mean, the Civilization series is, what, Civilization 6 now? So that's been refined and refined and refined over the course of like 20 years. Whereas this is the very first Humankind game, and I think they've done a great job with it for the first iteration of this but i'm quite interested to see the next version of it afterwards and see where it goes with that there are a few issues i have with it in terms of uh, they have what they describe as an endless mode but it isn't it's 600 turns so it's not endless it's yeah. it's like stops at 600 turns and i would like a little bit more control of exactly how to set up the games like with civilization you can set it so after a certain number of turns whoever's got the highest score wins you can't turn that off in humankind it's like the most you can do is 600 turns and i would prefer it if if you could turn that off and say okay the only victory you can have is space race or by dominating the map or you know so you you're not limited by the amount of turns that you have that To me, it's one of the slight little niggles of it because it means that, you know, you know that you're going to end up sort of rushing, you know, and I like to take my time with it, you know. So there are a few other issues as well. But generally, I think it's a really well put together game. It's a little buggy. There's a couple of little graphical glitches I've had in places, but nothing like game ending or anything like that. It's just some minor little niggles, and I'm sure they'll get patched out. Generally, it's pretty stable. I haven't had it crash on me or anything like that. And if you're into those sort of civilization strategy games, Certainly, one worth looking at and picking up if you kind of want a little change of pace from maybe the civilization stuff, and you want to try something that's similar but a little different. Humankind, well worth looking at and picking up. In terms of TV, working through Star Wars Rebels, Star Girl. I'm still managing to catch Titans on the uh, DC press stuff, so I've been catching up on that in Lower Decks. Interesting little thing on on Rebels actually this week, and it's this little attention to detail that I really love the cap of the main kind of rebel group that you're following, Hera, the episode that I've just watched, her father shows up and her father speaks with a French accent. And you sort of think, why doesn't she speak with a French accent? Because she speaks with an American accent. There's a little hint of it where she's arguing with her dad and her accent goes a little bit French. Like when she's angry her accent goes French so you, she, she obviously had a French accent and then lost it and it, it's a tiny little detail but it, it hmm. sort of works so well and, and what made me notice it was they show the father character in an episode of The Bad Batch with a young Hera in it and Hera has a French accent in that and I'd sort of forgotten that that sort of link was there and uh, then watching this episode now you do hear the French accent comes back when she gets angry with her dad which it's just a, <laughs> such a small hmm. thing but I thought it was just really lovely how that sort of all lined up and how they worked that together but um, yeah still really enjoying that it's a really solid addition to the Star Wars universe that on the Marvel side of things the What If series that reached its second episode and uh, I I loved the second episode it was What If T'Challa became Star-Lord and it's just brilliant it's Chadwick Boseman doing the voice for it but I mean pretty much the last thing I think he probably ever did it's sort of wonderful and heartbreaking obviously because you know we lost Chadwick but it's a really interesting way of putting together like the opening of that episode where they recreate Star-Lord stealing the uh, Um, Infinity Crystal where he's sort of dancing through the things and obviously the dancing isn't there he walks in and steals it and then gets caught and the guy that catches him is like oh my god you're Star-Lord and really impressed by the guy which of course was completely the opposite reaction that it had when Peter was there so it's just really really well put together and it sort of shows you just what it would be like with those two characters slightly differently have you been watching these? I have
1: I like the first episode a lot and I mean a lot with uh, the Captain is it Captain Carter? Yes, yeah, Captain, Captain Carter, Carter episode to the point where I said on Twitter that I'd like a TV show and a game from it because mm-hmm. I think that if you played a video game as Captain Carter that would be quite fun so I really really like that episode uh, oddly I saw a lot of people that, that didn't but you know opinions are opinions that's, that's perfectly fine I didn't like the second episode very much um, uh. I don't know I felt like a very strange very kind of almost disappointing send off for Chadwick not from his fault I thought that he did a very 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 good job with the the voice acting and stuff I don't know it just felt a little bit all over the place with the way certain characters were popping up and stuff and when I look at T'Challa as Star-Lord it didn't really seem as sort of effective as Peggy as Captain Carter like when I watched Peggy as Captain Carter I was like yeah that's her with the shield and everything else I just didn't really feel like the maybe it was the choice of if you'd have had T'Challa as somebody else instead of Star-Lord I don't (laughs) I didn't feel like that was quite as good of a mix because I remember when we first heard about some of these episodes and as soon as I heard Captain Carter I was like yeah that makes a lot of sense I just didn't maybe feel that T'Challa being Star-Lord made much sense and that whole thing didn't really click quite so well for me maybe it's I mean I think that T'Challa and Star-Lord themselves are a little bit different in certain ways and maybe it didn't work quite so well for me yeah i
0: i get what you're saying i think one of the things that worked for me is the fact that t'challa and star lord are so different as characters and and they played up on Mm. that narratively i actually thought the second episode worked better. I thought it was a more rounded story, whereas I like the first episode a lot. And I think, yeah, conceptually, the idea of Captain Carter, I think, works really well. But the way they actually put the episode together, I felt was jumping around quite a lot. They were determined they were going to do certain scenes from the first Avenger film, and it sort of skips through things. Whereas I think the T'Challa episode, I think, worked better as a narrative story for me. Um mm. but yeah I mean I like both of them a lot and I I would like to see more of the Captain Carter thing I think that would be an interesting way of uh, them doing that in live action would be an interesting way of bringing sort of Peggy Carter back into the uh, the MCU doing that mm-hmm. way I do hope they find a way to bring Hayley back because yeah. uh, I, think, I think there's still a lot of story you could tell with Peggy. Yeah, I would like that a lot if they could uh, do that but I think the What If series is going to be one of those things where there are certain episodes which some people will like, certain people won't but yeah. you know, yeah. they're sort of anthology things anyway so if you don't like one episode you might like the one afterwards and yeah. uh, I think it's good that people are having different reactions to these episodes you know, as I say, I like both of them I, for me the second episode was narratively stronger but I like them both a lot. Yeah, mm. that's good. I'm not sure what next week's is, but I'm quite looking forward to. Uh, I have no idea on. actually. I yeah, I, I haven't been looking anything. them up, so
1: you know, because <laughs> I follow like Disney on Twitter and stuff. They were actively advertising both of those. But yeah, I haven't. I mean, it's Monday now. Yeah, episodes in two days. I haven't seen anything of that. So it hey, might be, be a nice it, surprise or something.
0: Might <laughs> be a Tony Stark one, I think, but I'm not sure. We'll see. What are the other ones? Because I've actually forgotten. I, I'm not well. sure, and I quite like being surprised on a Wednesday when it pops up. You know. So. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think there is a Tony Stark one. Is there
0: a Zombies one? yes there well. is there is a Zombies one I think from the bits I've seen I think there's a Tony Stark one but yeah there's. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of those Marvel and Zombies interesting yes <laughs> um, the other things I've watched this week uh, the Handmaid's Tale finale came out this week I won't go into any details on that but it's a great great finale again I think it sets things up quite interestingly for the next season it's one of those things that I think wouldn't surprise me if the next season or the last season I don't think they're official Said that, but you getting to a point where I don't know how much longer you can pull this yeah, story out. Yeah. You know, it really gave a satisfying conclusion to this season with that last episode. It's brutal, but really uplifting in the same way. I think it's really good. I think you're just getting to a point where maybe one more season and I think you kind of got to be done with it. I don't think you want to drag it out much longer than that. It's still great throughout, but um, yeah, yeah, I think you're going to get to a point where you're going to overstay your welcome if you hang around much longer.
1: Yeah, I'm a a couple of episodes behind on it. I do intend to catch up and everything. And towards the back half of this, was it fourth season? I've kept thinking like, okay, we know we've got another season. I don't know how you've possibly got room for even more story after that because we got to like a, a changing point in this story that's quite big in this yeah. season that's quite big and I have no idea how you'd make another two seasons so we'll see but I, I don't know what happens in the finale because mm. I haven't seen it.
0: I mean there's been talk of them potentially doing a follow-up show which is also set in Gilead which makes you wonder where they're going to actually end this when they do end it mm. you know because ultimately you'd think you'd end with the fall of Gilead but that sort of scuppers them if they then want to do some sort of follow-up thing because they is another book written by the same author which takes place a number of years later in Gilead so I'm sort of interested to see whether they're going to end it with the end of her story or whether they're going to end it with the end of Gilead or not but Mm. we'll, we'll see We'll see where maybe, it goes. Maybe
1: if you do a sequel series or whatever and you do a big time jump and then you have somebody else start top Gilead again.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's maybe. That's the only way
1: that would really make sense to me.
0: Maybe, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting to see how they actually end this in a satisfying way if Gilead is still around as a thing. So mm, we'll yeah. see We'll see where it gets
1: to. But then I suppose it's also like Elizabeth Moss is such a big part of that show. And if you take her out the follow-up series, mm. you'd have to replace that with something else. So yeah, because she just she just performs that role so perfectly. She does. Yeah, we we'll, we'll find out at some point. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: And the other thing that I've started was Black Lightning, which I completely forgotten that the full season had landed on <laughs> Netflix. Shows how memorable that show was. I'm kind of trudging my way through it at the moment. I'm about four or five episodes mm, in. Yeah, it's not great, but I'm sort of I've watched the rest of it. I'm kind of determined to see how it ends at this point. I'm in the so, same place, yeah. so I'm I'm just sort of working my way through the episodes of that. I've just got to the point of the uh, actress switch, so I haven't seen the new actress come in for the uh, for okay, Jennifer the I've daughter.
1: Her. I've gone past that a little bit.
0: The actress that plays Jennifer decided she didn't want to do it anymore, which is kind of weird that she wouldn't hang on for until the end of the season, although she might not have known that was going to be the final season when she bowed out. But mm. um, she decided she wanted to go and do other things, I think, when she had some time off during the pandemic and um, decided she didn't want to come back. And uh, I think her contract was out. So they said, yeah, fine. They found a way of replacing her with a different actress in the show. So mm. I'm I'm just about at was, that point.
1: It was a pretty decent idea, yeah,
0: yeah i think you know what they're doing is seems to work the problem with all these Arrowverse shows is they kind of forget they are supposed to be superhero shows and they deal way way too much in just the family drama stuff and,
1: sometimes yeah uh,
0: particularly black lightning these the opening few episodes it's so much family drama and you're like i want to see a bit more just superheroing i mean the comic,
1: comic booky stuff yeah, yeah i want to yeah.
0: hear i want to see a bit more comic booky stuff a uh, family drama is fine as a background to the other stuff that's going on but i mean they've again engineered a situation and they do this a lot with the Aravo shows where they stop people from suiting up and you're like really (laughs) you know (laughs) um so mm. uh, yeah as I say I am kind of feel like I'm trudging through it a bit but you know it's there I'm going to get to the end of it because I've watched all the other episodes so I'm going to finish it
1: the annoying thing for me after season 3 and I wasn't really that interested in the Painkiller character and then they announced that they were well, cancelled now because they obviously end the yeah. show and then they wanted to do a Painkiller spin-off the work that they've done with Painkiller towards the end of season 3 and mostly into season 4 I was like oh I'm interested in this character a bit more now but now we're not going to get the, the yeah. TV show for that so And it kind of felt like the fourth season for his character was written so that...
0: I'm sure it was. He he was aimed a
1: bit more to be be the focus, but that's not going to happen. No,
0: which is a shame. Yeah, the Arrowverse, as we said before, very much sort of seemed to lose its way after they did that brilliant crossover event. I thought the crossover was fantastic, Mm. but it seemed to, rather than them using it as a reset to do more interesting things, they Mm. didn't seem to have a plan after that and it all fell to bits a bit, which is a real shame. One problem I've kind of noticed with these, Seasons, you know, the current
1: seasons of all the shows. Superman and Lois aside, a little bit, that's kind of treated slightly separately, but you know, it's still sort of part of it. It's, it's a bit strange. But with all the other ones, they'd sort of start off their first five or six episodes with their season of story. And then from about episodes, what, six to eight, you'd start getting little hints as to something's happening for a crossover. Then you'd get a little bit of a break from their main stories, go into a crossover, shake things up a bit, and then do the second half of the seasons. But with all the seasons this time, none of them are built up to any crossover because there wasn't one this time. So they've all kind of been stuck in their own little worlds a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I think that maybe it's just because we've gotten used to the stories being told that way a little bit. But I do think that that crossover helps just take a bit of a break from the long seasons, do a different story, and then go back. And we haven't had that at all. And I feel like that's hurt them. Uh, I get why, because obviously all the COVID stuff, but it still, I think, hurt the seasons. Yeah.
0: So. The other thing that didn't help, of course, is they all came back having to finish off what were their season finales from the last season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the opening episodes of Flash this season, I hated I really Mm. hate it. It annoys me that the Flash doesn't use his powers to solve things. They solve things through love or somebody else steps in and they talk somebody down rather than him actually doing something Flash-like to actually solve something. And the sort of conclusion to the previous season story arc, which was the opening couple of episodes of this season, was awful. I mean, the sort of mirror mistress thing just terrible it's sort of improved after that but that was a real low point for me i really hated that
1: yeah no i agree
0: i mean it's been better since sort of after that but they need to find their way again i think the araverse stuff if they're going to hang around but you know they are dropping like flies right now so that's all the stuff we've been watching this week let's move on to some tv and film news (laughs) So we kick off the TV and film news with Renewal's cancellations and pickups. A couple of cancellations this week. None of them have actually aired over here yet, although one of them is the Punky Brewster sequel, which was on Peacock, so will be on Peacock when that launch is here. But that's been cancelled after one season, so that's another Peacock original down the drain. The other one is a show called Everything's Going to Be Okay, which was on Freeform. It was a comedy series that's been cancelled after two seasons. I mean, I barely remember Punky Brewster when it was around the first time so that's no great loss but I mean peacock's got so few originals at this point it's gonna be very interesting to see what's on it when it does end up launching over here because mm. half the sort of peacock original stuff are sky shows so we already have them so <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. only a, like three other things they've got things in the pipeline that it look quite interesting but there's only like three or four original shows actually on there right now so mm. we'll see but in terms of the renewals Mindy Kaling's never have I ever has been renewed for a third season on Netflix they've renewed Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends for a second season on Disney Junior which was the sort of kids animated show and Carpool Karaoke the series has been renewed for a fifth season and it will move on to Apple TV Plus if you're wondering there was a Carpool Karaoke the series yes apparently there was it was running on Apple Music which is why you've never heard of it and it's uh, now going to be going on to Apple TV on its fifth season apparently and it is exactly Exactly what he says on the tin it's couple karaoke as a series i mm-hmm. think it's you know, a series of shorts i mean it's a fun little segment that but yeah i'm not entirely sure you what? make a series out of it why was it on apple music because they paid for it basically okay i don't know why it was running on apple music and not apple tv plus or, or and, you know not both but yeah apparently mm.
1: is there any other tv shows on
0: apple music mm. not not that I'm aware of I mean I imagine there are sort of music videos I guess are on there and stuff possibly but I don't know weird Weird would be what I said as well in terms of the pickups there are a couple of possible resurrections coming one is All Rise which was the CBS legal drama starring Simone Missick the Oprah Winfrey Network OWN as it is known is in talks to pick up a new season of that I think it ran for two or three seasons and uh, it was on CBS and then they dropped it so we're apparently I mean, the Oprah Winfrey Network is looking to pick that up. That's part of the Discovery Network. So I don't think we get own over here at all. I don't think we do, but obviously Discovery is looking to merge with Warner right now. So who knows what will happen with that? But it's a CBS show anyway, and obviously CBS produce it. So that means the international sales will be all over the place. But that may mean that somebody now picks it up. I don't know, but that was all rise, So that may be coming back. The bigger one, though, is Manifest. Manifest is getting very, very close to a deal, according to reports, on Netflix for a fourth season. Netflix are very close to closing into a deal with WBTV. They obviously are having to re-sort out all the uh, cast contracts because all the cast options expired in June. So they need to arrange to get all the cast back, along with arranging the writers as well. But I mean, everybody that is involved in that show seems to be willing to come back by the sounds of it so as long as they're not on other jobs and haven't been picked up onto other shows then we should see everybody come back hopefully they were all involved on the safe manifest campaign they all seem to have a will to come back so it sounds like they're managing to do that which is great news if it's coming as a full season to Netflix chances are it's probably going to be 10 episodes because that seems to be the run that Netflix generally do it may be eight I would be interested to know whether they are just picking it up for one season or whether he's managed to talk them into giving them three seasons because that was always the plan was it was a six season arc so I would be interested to know whether he's managed to sort of close a deal for three seasons or whether it's just a deal for one season but we'll see how that goes but that's sounding very very positive it isn't completely signed yet you know but the reports are that they're very very close to signing a deal for that so hopefully we'll get some news on that soon I'm glad that that's managed to be rescued that sounds good Um, Mm. And, uh, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about Zoe's potentially being rescued by Roku. They're in talks to do a Christmas film for Roku and possibly a new series if that goes down well. That's two of them rescued. We just need good girls to land somewhere now.
1: Yeah, the fourth season, that's coming soon to Netflix. So hopefully they can get that that resolved. Although that had the, the cast problems, didn't it? Yes. Um, like one of them, had? A, I can't remember what the exact details, but one of them had like a problem with something didn't they yeah so but yeah hopefully they managed to find because the debris i don't hear anybody like talking about in fact i didn't remember that because that was the other one that got cancelled yeah. wasn't it debris because when nbc were going through all those cancellations it was the other three that we were hearing about zoe good girls and manifest the ones that mm. people were like oh you know please save the show i don't think i've even seen anybody online say that they watched debris so i, I wouldn't expect that one maybe to come back but the other three seems to be in uh decent spots while the other two actually
0: yeah good girls I think it's unlikely with good girls I mean it sounds like Zoe's could be going to Roku, and Manifest mm. maybe going to Netflix. Which you know, as long as they land somewhere, that's all good as far as I'm concerned. In terms of other pickups, uh, one of the things that was released this week, Disney released all their upcoming dates for September onto Star and onto Disney Plus. You can go find that on the website. But one of the shows that was snuck in there was um, Motherland: Fort Salem. Season one is going to be landing on Star on Disney Plus from the first of September. Now, we don't know whether that means that the second season will be landing directly on there or whether it'll come to the BBC iPlayer first because that's who previously aired it first in the UK. It is a freeform show. So, I mean, it sort of makes sense that it's going to end up on Star eventually. Whether it will still go on to BBC and then go on to Star afterwards, I'm not sure. But at the moment, all they've said is the first season is coming from the 1st of September. Presumably, it will disappear off iPlayer if it's not off there already and uh, (laughs) will move across. We'll see where the second season shows up because the second season I think has just started or is due to start very soon in America. Did you watch any of that? I I've watched a couple of episodes and it was good, but I haven't gone back to it. So what,
1: what what is it?
0: It's a thing about witches. It basically takes the premise that the Salem witches survived and they become part of the military. So it's sort of set present day but the witches have become part of the military essentially huh. it's quite an interesting teen fantasy drama it is really well put together it is worth going to look up if you've not watched it as I say I think it's on iPlayer at the moment I think unless it's gone off there now but it is coming September 1st to uh, star on Disney Plus as well sounds a bit different so yeah worth a look definitely worth a look a right. couple of advanced air dates for you uh, Grandchester, that is back for those that like your ecclesiastical crime solving that's back for for a sixth season on the uh, 3rd of September on ITV at 9pm. That's a Friday, so that will be back. Evil returns for its second season. That's on the 6th of September on Alibi. That is landing. And uh, Why the Last Man now has an actual air date, 22nd of September on Star and Disney Plus, which uh, looks really good. You watched the trailer for this, didn't you?
1: I did. I think the last time we talked about it, I hadn't seen the trailer. Then I went and watched it. Uh, It looks like something that's up my alley mm. uh, with the whole kind of post-apocalyptic ish sort of setting yeah yeah because it's what it's about like what one guy that survives or something and then he has to work with these these women to, to like figure yeah. out what's going on and stuff it, it's, so.
0: essentially it's set in a world where a virus kills everything with a y chromosome with the exception of one man and his pet monkey that's the sure. essentially the setup for it so it's one guy and a world full of women and how they move forward with that and uh it's based on a comic book. It's uh, a DC Vertigo comic book. So it's uh, it's a Vertigo imprint. So it's not like connected to uh, right, right. You know, west of the yeah. DC kind of universe. But... I really like the look of this the comic book's great and um I think this is going to be a really interesting sort of post-apocalyptic style TV show but mm. it seems to have some humor in there as well which is good
1: when I talk about liking post-apocalyptic stuff it doesn't always have to have zombies in it no. um it's just that that kind of setting I like as well think things like war of the worlds as well mm. which has been really good on that star good. Yeah. yeah again that'll be kind of the same setting but something a little bit different it's an FX show isn't it yes or is it's it a an, Hulu show? It,
0: well it's an FX on Hulu show which I discovered this week. Yeah. Apparently, FX on Hulu shows don't actually always show on FX as well, which is a bit weird. Mm. Um, so I mean not that's an incentive
1: to get Hulu or something yeah
0: so it's FX branded shows but they only run on Hulu apparently which is a little strange but that's how they run them (laughs) and uh, I know what you did last summer which is obviously well I mean anybody that knows that brand knows what the uh, setup for that is a bunch of kids run over a guy in a road and cover up the fact that they killed somebody and then somebody a year later sends them a note that says I know what you did last summer it's a series based on the original books and obviously we'll touch on the films as well because there was a series of movies that is landing on amazon prime on the 15th of october and uh, yeah that's going to be a series so season one of that that's possibly up your street because it's sort of teen horror
1: yeah i did see the first film actually i saw it i think a couple of years ago and there's a sequel which has got like a similar name but i, I never yes. got around to seeing the sequel uh, the first one's got i think like sarah michelle geller in there um was- for obviously uh buffy herself I'm gonna hopefully try and watch the second. I don't know if they'll like be connected or whatever. But I don't it would just think be it would just be helpful to watch, I guess, the sequel and then start fresh with this show. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it and obviously switching it from. Uh to TV might be mm-hmm. interesting, so and that's that's quite soon. So
0: yeah, it seems like it's more of a reboot based on the book than it is uh-huh. anything directly connected to the movies. It obviously moves things into present day as well and all that sort of stuff because know yeah, the movies were quite a while ago. So uh, mm-hmm. if you're into your sort of teen horror, teen drama things, I think that could be an interesting one. They're doing a lot of YA dramas on amazon prime at the moment they seem to have like commissioned a whole bunch of them at the same time and they've trying them out to see which ones work and which ones don't so uh interesting but uh yes that's obviously one based on quite a big brand so um 15th of October for that on Amazon Prime to keep an eye out for that. Moving on to some bigger news stories Peacock, which we were mentioning not having any shows, has ordered something else new. They have got a whole load of stuff in the pipeline but uh, we're just waiting for things They've Mm -hmm. ordered a series based on the movie Field of Dreams and uh, do you know that film? I don't know whether you've watched that film. I I wouldn't surprise me if you haven't because it's like a 1989 movie. The original film was a it's a sports fantasy drama it's about a guy played by kevin costner who is inspired by a voice he can't ignore to presume a dream they can hardly believe supported by his wife ray begins the quest by turning his ordinary cornfield into a place where dreams come true and it's basically he's getting this voice to tell him to build this baseball field in the middle of this cornfield. That's the sort of setup of it. It's a kind of very heartstring pulling, sweet, lovely drama, essentially. Um, a sort of comedy drama. The original movie had a great cast. It was like um, James Earl Jones, Ray LaToya, Kevin Costner. Got sort of fancy stuff in there. There's kind of ghosts and things involved. So it was sort of an interesting kind of um, iconic film of its time. They're making a TV series out of it. The person that's behind it is Michael Saw, who's the person that made The Good Place, of course. And whilst I'm not that sort of, oh yes, I must see a field of dreams TV series, (laughs) the fact that it's Michael Sohm making it actually makes me think that's a guy I think that could handle this really, really, really well, because it's the type of thing, that sort of sweet, wonderful, magical feeling that you got from The Good Place. And uh, he was also co-creator of Parts and Records as well, of course, that sort of whimsical thing. He does so, so, so well. I think whilst I'm not that bothered about the property itself. Anything from Michael Sewer, I think is worth a watch. Yeah I agree Yeah, Um, I mean I didn't know
1: obviously what this was about but once I read this thing that you sent me, document and that and I just saw Michael's name I was like okay that kind of like makes me more interested. It's part of like you know trusting him to do a good job with anything really is you got quite a good chance there obviously with things like Parks and Recreation. I think didn't he co-create Brooklyn Nine-Nine? The good place obviously he made. He's got a very 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 good cv or library or whatever so it'd be it'd be interesting to you know trust him with that and everything but for me and for my side you know i, I don't know much about this uh this property itself but if you put michael shaw's name next to it it does kind of uh does get me much more interested because obviously the good place was fantastic
0: yeah he was a co-creator on brooklyn Nine co-creator on parks and rec he created the good place he has got another show called rutherford falls which is on peacock and that is one of the shows that did actually get renewed for a second season and that is uh coming back, it's a, which is about uh, two friends whose uh, relationship is tested when a crisis hits their small town. I'm quite interested in seeing that because that's got Ed Helms in it as well, who's great, and uh, I'm, I'd be really interested to see that when that comes out. That seems to have gone down very well. So that's one of the shows coming on Peacock. As I said, Peacock has got a whole bunch of things that are upcoming, including things like the Battlestar Galactica series, Bel Air. They've got that Joe Exotic drama, code. I mean, is that the Tiger King thing? Yes, that's the Tiger King one. That which, which dramatization version yeah, of it, yeah, or whatever. That's the so. yes, that's the dramatization of the okay. Tiger King thing with uh, Kate McKinnon playing Carol Baskin. I didn't know that she was doing that. Yeah, uh, John hmm. Cameron Mitchell is playing <laughs> Joe Exotic, but uh, that looks like it's going to be quite interesting. And they've got. A team mystery drama called One of Us is Lying. There's Vampire Academy, which is from Julie Pleck, who is the creator of the uh, Vampire Diary series, although it's a completely different vampire-related thing. Queer of Folk as well, which is a reboot of the Russell T. Davis series that's coming as well. So they've they've got some interesting stuff coming up. It's just the stuff they have on the platform right now is, as I say, half of it is stuff that comes from Sky One anyway. Um, And... The rest of it is like this: there's one or two original shows. There's a few comedies. It's the Safe by the Bell reboot. There's Rutherford Falls. There's one called Girls 5 Ever, which is a musical comedy. The Punky Brewster thing, which is as we just mentioned, has been cancelled. Original dramas, they've got The Lost Symbol coming up, which is one based on the Dan Brown novel. A thing called Days of Our Lives Beyond Salem, which is based on the um, flagship soap Days of Our Lives, but that means nothing to an international audience in most cases. And they've got Doctor Death, which has already been sold somewhere else in the UK. So, you know, that's going on to Star's Play and uh, Brave New World, which we've already seen. So, they're kind of short on original Mm, content.
1: They're not winning the streaming awards, are they?
0: No, no, not at the moment. (laughs) Uh, which is why there was an announcement that they've uh, teamed up in some international markets, not in the UK, but in some international markets. NBC and Viacom C B S have teamed up to create Sky Showtime, which is going to be a new streaming service which has stuff off Sky, stuff off NBC and Peacock, stuff off CBS, all clumped together in one place. But they're not launching it in the UK because obviously we've already getting those things yeah, separately. Yeah. But they are doing that in some international markets. So. I think we talked a while back about things merging and uh, there was a lot of talk about, oh NBC and CBS are going to merge. That's never going to happen because one of them would have to drop either NBC or CBS. So that's never going to happen, but they are launching in some international markets, this version of this sort of streaming service called sky showcase. It just went launch in the UK be- and will never launch in the UK because of the fact that you we know, have
1: other things. We have yeah. other
0: things. I think that's an interesting way of them kind of trying to club together to be able to beat out some of the competition you know
1: yeah it's interesting when they do decide to make these sorts of changes because i personally myself am very interested in like the streaming wars and seeing what these companies will do to try and outdo each other because they're all obviously watching what each other are doing the types of shows they're making how much they cost what service they offer because they have to look at that because they're all they're all in competition with each other it's the same thing if you look at like sony and microsoft they would you know sony would look at probably game pass and see hey how can we do something maybe similar to that and we you know there's other, other other factors and stuff i really like following this this kind of thing
0: hopefully that works for them you know and i and i think for the people that are in those territories where they are launching that i think that's going to be a great service Mm. because i think it's once you start to club all that stuff together you know all the stuff from sky all the stuff from nbc and peacock and all the stuff from cbs paramount and of course showtime as well because CBS Viacom own Showtime or Viacom CBS a and Showtime, so mm. all that stuff clubbed together in one place is is uh, going to be a really decent solid package for those people. Mm. But uh, yes, you, sadly not here. Do you know how much they cost individually?
1: Peacock and Paramount Plus. Um, is that, Peacock, Peacock's
0: actually free. You can get Peacock free with advertising, which is how it's launching here. Okay, um, there is a premium right. version which takes the advertising off, and when you pay for it, they add things like WWE. I think get adding to that they add the WWE Network so if you're into wrestling it's worth paying for it but Peacock is actually a free streaming service in the US with uh, advertising on it Paramount I think is like $8 something like that equivalent Mm -hmm. to the sort of Netflix-y type things and that's a problem because it hasn't got enough content on it probably (laughs) to be able to justify that unless you're a fan of Star Trek. So they're differing prices. I mean, in the UK, we do fairly well in that, you know, the Star service gives us basically Hulu. I mean, there are a few things missing, but essentially Disney Plus and Star together is basically disney plus hulu and fx all in one place and it's not much more or we may even be the same sort of price as the us so we get a lot of added benefit from that i mean that collectively as a streaming service is actually really quite solid mm-hmm. um netflix and amazon are pretty much the same price worldwide so some interesting deals out there moving on to other news stories we talked a little bit about the vampire chronicles last week uh, but the other one of amrice's novel series The Lives of the Mayfair Witches has also had a writer's room opened up for it at AMC, which, I mean, shouldn't come as any great surprise because when AMC announced that they were buying Anne Rice's work, they said, we're buying The Vampire Chronicles and The Lives of the Mayfair Witches, but they have now said that the Mayfair Witches series has opened a writer's room. So it's going to be a couple of the people behind the Masters of Sex series that are going to be the people guiding this. Esther Spaulding and Michelle Ashford who both work together on Masters of Sex and uh, they've done other shows like The Pacific and John Adams and on Becoming a God in Central Florida. So they've got a good set of writing credits between the pair of them. They're both on as writers and exec producers for the Maypair Witches series. Mayfair Witches, if you don't know that, it's a series that focuses on an intuitive young neurosurgeon who discovers that she's the unlikely heir to a family of witches. As she grapples with her newfound powers, she must contend with a sinister presence that has haunted her family for generations that is the setup for it we knew this was going to come I mean they're saying it's a potential series but given the fact that AMC had spent a fortune commissioning and <laughs> you know buying the rights to these books this is going to become a series otherwise what was the point of them buying it in the first place yeah yeah the guy that is overseeing the kind of world of because uh, the, the Mayfair Witches and the Vampire Chronicles worlds are interconnected as well so, the person that's overseeing the whole thing is a guy called Mark Johnson, who's worked on Breaking Bad, Bad Soul, Halt and Catch Fire, Rectify. So, he's got a really solid CV as well. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, Pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's the person that's overseeing the sort of streaming and television universe that they're trying to create for this pan rice verse, basically. Right. I know you went into the Vampires which series. Witches sometimes can be sort of interesting. As again, it's not a genre
1: I like deliberately lean into, but, um, mm mm-hmm they can do some decent stuff with that There's there's been like a couple of seasons I know it's a little bit different but a couple of seasons of American horror story that have had certain yeah. witchy sort of things it's it's not my like ideal cup of tea but it's something I can kind of it, it depends on what the, the story is I suppose when you involve witches and things it might be something that piques my interest a little bit yeah
0: the worlds are connected so I mean they're obviously going to run as separate shows initially because we've got the Vampire Chronicles you know which we talked about last week and they've cast Stat in that um that obviously starts off way way back in history and then if you've seen the film you know what happens at the end and the books do the same sort of thing of it jumping through time whether they'll do that with the series i don't know but obviously this show talks about her being a young neurosurgeon so i would say this is obviously set present day rather than in a historical time period i don't know the mayfair witch books at all so i don't know that for a fact but I would have thought if she's a neurosurgeon it's got to be more modern day stuff yeah. but that means you know vampires obviously live forever as long as nobody stakes them so there is no reason why the characters can't like crossover in some way throughout this but um we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens with that but as I say they are saying it's a potential series there will be a series that comes out of the Mayfair Witch books at some point whether it's with these two writers whether they manage to find what they're looking for in this I don't know but at some point there will be a series that comes out for this we'll have to wait and see whether this particular variant goes anywhere but there will be a a Mayfair Witch series at some point regardless and lastly we got the news that Anthony Mackie has closed a deal to who star in Captain America 4, which we kind of knew was on the cards. I mean, much, you've yeah. seen Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, sorry if that spoils anything for you, but I mean, you kind of knew where that was going. That was the entire purpose of that entire series. He has signed a deal to headline Captain America 4, so that will continue Sam Wilson as Captain America, taking over the mantle there. And It's going to be interesting to see him sort of on the big screen. There's no additional casting for it, so we don't know whether Emily Van Camp is going to be back as Sharon Carter. We don't know whether Sebastian Stan will be back as Bucky. Presumably they will be in there, whether it will have other characters in there. I suspect it will. We just don't know at the moment. All they've said is that they've got Anthony Mackie to sign up for the film right now. Mm. So that's great. And we knew it had been greenlit. It's got Malcolm Spellman co-writing the script with Dalem Mooson. Malcolm Spellman was the original head writer on Falcon and Winter Soldier and uh, Dalem was also so one of the writers on Falcon and Winter Soldier so you know they obviously work well together that was a solid enough series it'd be interesting to see what they do for a uh, film I don't know what would you like to see in a Captain America
1: for I mean I really like what they're doing with rebuilding the Avengers at the moment which mm. is that's, that's not a case of wait to see them rebuild the Avengers they're doing it right now because obviously Black Widow sort of did some stuff in regards to that and obviously this with Falcon Winter Soldier they did that as well and then obviously we're going to get I think the Ironheart series later which is going to give some more Iron Man sort of character or a new Iron Man sort of character as well. I mean on this like Captain America side of things that's more sort of the spy stuff isn't it which maybe that could even lean into some of the story possibly with the Hawkeye series Mm -hmm. as well that that kind of angle because obviously he had something set up in another film as well uh, in regards to Hawkeye. So uh, again you know it's a connected universe so you can kind of have anybody show up which is the whole cool thing about it. It was a little bit weird to me how obviously this is his him, about him closing the deal, not the fact that he is Captain America, because we knew that weeks ago. Yeah. Good that it's all sort of sealed now and everything. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to what they're doing with the Avengers. It's funny with Marvel, they've gotten so far in their story. They've actually finished technically with one set of Avengers. Now they're making their next set of Avengers, yeah. which is really cool. And obviously, we're getting into things like uh, Eternals, which is, uh, is it Celestials? I think they're Yes. They're called. And then obviously, we get Shang-Chi introduced in, what, a couple of weeks. So, I i'm uh, i'm excited for this this new phase um yeah. and, and seeing what they do
0: there was a recent report where kevin Feige was kind of talking about the next avengers and they were sort of saying when's the next avengers coming out and he got, they asked him that question and he said you know it's going to be a while yet before we see another yeah, avengers yeah. film because essentially after endgame that kind of closed that chapter and what they're doing is treating it like they did starting with iron man they started with iron man they built up all the individual characters and then they did an Avengers film, and essentially what they're doing with this phase is because Endgame kind of ended that chapter for the Avengers, they're doing the same again. So it starts from scratch and they will build up a new Avengers team. It does make me wonder whether you're gonna get an Avengers movie and maybe a young Avengers movie, because, like that you say, there is there, yeah. is, there is a, there is a sort of iron heart, but there are a series of young Avengers they're putting in. I do wonder whether you're gonna end up with two teams, whether mm. you're gonna end up with both. We know that. There's a fantastic four thing coming as well, which is sort of a team in its own right, as well. Rather than being directly, I mean, I think some of the characters have crossed over into the Avengers, if I remember correctly, but I mean, essentially, the Fantastic Four is its own team. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle all that and whether they do actually have an Avengers film and a young Avengers film, or whether we just get a young Avengers, or whether we just get an Avengers that happens to have some of the younger characters in it. I don't know. Be mm. Interesting to see what how they mix that all together because they are clearly building a Young Avengers team in the TV show. Yeah,
1: that's where you've got like Kate Bishop, you've already got people like Spider-Man. Let's not forget that he's still young. Yes. Um, uh, How old is She-Hulk supposed to be? She-Hulk is
0: possibly a bit older and I mean that is possibly a character that you could use across either team but I mean the other thing with the sort of younger teams is sometimes you have a liaison which is an older character that's I mean Uh that because that may be one way of doing it. Maybe you have a Young Avengers team but you have Sam as the sort of older character yeah, yeah. That he's sort of in control of them and you know making sure that they're not doing anything too reckless or something like that i mean you could <laughs> set it up that way rather than have a straight new avengers team maybe you have a sort of young avengers with somebody heading it possibly but mm. um i'm really interested to see how they mix and match this and maybe we get a big screen avengers and a small screen movie young avengers because mm. all, and most of the young avengers have been related to the streaming service shows so yeah, yeah. they've got also, a lot
1: of options which is good yeah. And even though, yeah, even though we've moved past like Iron Man and stuff like that, and obviously Captain America sort of retired. We've still got lots and lots of interesting characters because don't forget we got like uh, still. we still got Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and obviously getting Miss Marvel introduced. There's, there's still a lot of characters mm. to do interesting things with. Yeah. And uh, I'm personally really excited by that.
0: And we've got War Machine still around if you need a yeah. sort of Iron Man type. So, you know, there are characters definitely still out there that you can still use. So um, I'll be interested to see what the makeup of the next kind of event Avengers team ends up being and as I say whether we end up with two whether we end up with a young Avengers and an Avengers out there I thought the fact that Anthony Mackey's signed on is great we're supposed to get uh, I can't remember the character's name but Natalie Portman
1: is supposed to be in like Thor as well
0: oh yes there. they and there's talk of her being just sort of female Thor through that there was talk cool. of that possibly but um I, which I believe comes from the comic books as well. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how that kind of plays out. That I'm very much looking forward to uh, the next Guardians film, which is sort of the next place that, that shows up, and then Thor, Love and Thunder, which looks great as well. So there's some great things coming out on the uh, Marvel side of things. It's all looking good for me. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. Bye, bye, bye highlights for next week we have uh, Wentworth which starts again for its final season that is on the 24th of August at 10pm that returns Gossip Girl the 2021 reboot continuation thing um, that starts on iPlayer on the 25th of August that is landing on there all the previous seasons are now on there as well so if you want to binge your way through what six or seven seasons of that and then go on to this one you can do but uh, or you can just start here I'm sure it'd be fine. That's Gossip Girl. That's 25th of August on iPlayer. FBI returns on the 26th of August at 9pm and that will be followed by FBI Most Wanted of Season 2. And that is on the 26th of August at 10pm. So both the FBI is back on the 26th of August, one following the other. Really interesting sounding sitcom slash dark comedy called Kevin Can F Himself. Uh, that is <laughs> coming on the 27th of August. I've seen the trailer for this. It's this odd mix of of taking a standard American sitcom setup of Dumb Husband, Smart Wife, and it's shot like a normal sitcom, but then kind of goes and follows the wife into actually what her life would be like if she genuinely lived with that guy. So it sort of a normal standard multicam sitcom intercut with a darker single camera comedy it looks really really interesting I'm fascinated to see it but uh, that's Kevin mm. can F himself that starts the 27th August on Amazon Prime it's also got Annie Murphy in it so that's a big win yeah worth going yeah. to
1: watch definitely it was in uh, Schitt's Creek which is also really worth watching that's yes. on
0: Netflix seems to pick shows that have slightly swear words in the cycles uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yes that's uh, Kevin can F himself that's coming on the 27th of august to amazon prime i think that could be one worth watching because it looks very interesting see the jason momoa series that returns for season two on apple tv plus on the 27th of august i'm very much looking forward to that that was brilliant the first mm. season of that vera returns for season 11 on itv that's the 29th of august at 8 p.m that is back uh say season there are only like three or four episodes but uh that is back that's vera if you want to watch that vigil comes to bbc one that i think is the sunday night that's the 29th of august at 9 p.m you may have seen some trailers around it's got a great cast it's got saran jones rose leslie Martin Compton in there it's a mysterious disappearance of a scottish fishing trawler and a death on board a trident nuclear submarine brings the police into conflict with the navy and british security services it looks really interesting that and it's going to be one of those great sunday night bbc dramas i think so um That's called Vigil, that is. And uh, 29th of August at 9pm on BBC One. So that's one to check out. Over on Star on Disney Plus, Only Murders in the Building. That arrives on the 31st of August. This has three strangers played by Steve Martin, Martin Short and Selena Gomez, who share a obsession with true crime and suddenly find themselves wrapped up in one. That looks really funny. Those people are really great. Martin Short and Steve Martin are hilarious together. So uh, that's called Only Murders in the Building. That's a Hulu series that's coming to Star on Disney Plus 31st of August and Good Girls Season 4 and at the moment the final season 31st of August on Netflix.
1: I really hope that doesn't have a bad cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to seeing how the Season 3 cliffhanger was resolved on. I know I'll get that answer at least. Yeah. But I hope it doesn't end on something not good. <laughs> so. We'll
0: have to wait and see. Yeah. So uh, that's all the stuff we've been doing this week and that's all the stuff you can be watching on the next week. There's some good TV starting definitely this week. Yeah. Yeah. If people want to find more about you, where can they
1: find you? you can find me on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also search for entertainment talk on your podcast platform of choice for TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcasts. Uh, I had a lot to say yesterday about Matic and Fred in the midfield because they don't work well <laughs> together and that's the manager's fault. Uh, it was one one at the weekend. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out all my thoughts on all that kind of stuff, you can head over to there. Um, I'm streaming Cyberpunk on a relatively frequent basis. You can find those streams on uh, Twitch, eTalk uk and if you miss those you can find them later on youtube entertainment talk plays which i do need to update so look out for those but yeah that's pretty much my stuff we got walking dead this week Yes. Um, got some films coming out soon. Shang-Chi should be interesting and some other stuff. So check that out if you'd like to.
0: Yes. First episode of the Walking Dead UK podcast has gone out, which is our preview episode. That mm-hmm. is over on Entertainment Talk. So go and check that out. And we'll be back with the first episode review because the first episode of Walking Dead is, of course, out today. I haven't watched it yet, but that looks like it could be quite an interesting episode. For other people involved in the show, you can go and check out Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B Y T E S. And uh, congratulations. congratulations. Congratulations to her. She made Twitch Partner. All the hard work has paid off. She has made Twitch Partner, which helps her monetize things a bit more and uh, gives her a whole bunch more options and a bit more kind of cred and invites to things. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that comes with being a Twitch Partner, which is fantastic. And you get a nice little tick next to your name as well to say you're a Mm, Twitch Partner. I
1: saw a little trailer she put out for that as well. Yes. That was uh, was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, it was very funny. She's doing celebratory streams all week over on uh, the Twitch channel. So uh, go and check out over there on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Byte. Well, well worth going to watch. There are some retro gaming streams, there's chatting streams and all sorts of other things over there. Really, really good fun. She's hilarious and I'm so happy for her that she's that's happened. And mm. uh, at some point when she calms down a bit, we will get her back on the show. For other people as well, go and check Daryl out over at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love which are shot in Canada. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website Please find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye <laughs>